Hello, welcome back to Blender Kitchen. A bit of a long break there, but some exciting new changes we are working on. Finally got everything set up and ready for you guys. Um, purchased some new podcasting equipment, trying to smooth out our sound here. Um, I've noticed a difference. I really hope that you can as well. Also, brand new home base, blunderkitchen.com. That is Bravo Lima Uniform November Delta Echo Romeo. I forgot how to spell blunder for a moment. Uh, kitchen, that's Kilo India Tango Charlie Hotel Echo November dot com. Um, it's beautiful, it's wonderful, it's optimized for mobile. Um, everything that you know you could want is there it's easier to find us on your favorite podcasting platform now it's easier to see our research we can throw that up there now so that you can take a look and fact check us or just find out more um, recently i had the wonderful opportunity to sit down with the ladies of keeping it together and shamelessly plug this podcast as well as really get into like mental health and support systems and friendship it was honestly a great time a fantastic time that's also up on the site uh but also if you hit us up on instagram uh hit us up on twitter uh you can still find links there as well uh especially the link to episode 2.8 of keeping it together um today's guest uh, is actually the second time that this person is appearing. Um, it's Alex from the famed Lost Thanksgiving episode. We double-checked our mics this time. We definitely have audio. We have a fantastic show for you guys. Um, tomorrow's the Super Bowl, and... <laughs> It's a really big deal here in America. So Alex and I sit down, really talk about snacks and the history of the Snoop Bowl and like what, how do you feed a bunch of people and like is it going to be a lot of work and uh, it's a really fun show for you guys. So yeah, uh, take a look, see the new site. Uh, it's up on blunderkitchen.com. We're still on Instagram as uh at blunder kitchen and we're still on twitter as at blunder ktchn pod uh let's dive in welcome alex uh glad to see that we can finally get this going properly thanks for having me <laughs> hopefully this one records it's we definitely double checked we tested it is for sure for sure 100 percent hard copy recording with audio i have faith uh, so it is that sacred time of america's life right after we make all of our healthy new year new me changes 
where we ruin it all. Yes. In the name of sports ball. Yes. Play the sport. Do the points. Eat the food. Yeah. Or actually, more accurately, eat the food. Maybe play the sport. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, it's like, it's, I, I, I don't, I've never viewed the holiday season being over with New Year's. Like, I think, I think, I think. The official end is Super Bowl. I think Super Bowl Sunday is, like, the most American, quote-unquote, holiday. Even though, oh, like, for we sure. Don't take, unless, like, your team wins and then your city just, like, shuts down on Monday. But, like, I think it, like, even blows, like, July 4th is, like just summer like i think <laughs> i think between the the food the tv the capitalism it yeah. su- super bowl is the most american holiday uh unfortunately i'll never get to experience that uh next day work holiday if your team wins being a bears fan uh and you know, it's not just because i don't live in chicago they're anymore. doing better they're doing better barely <laughs> barely <Hey>. uh. <laughs> um but one of the best parts of the super bowl is the food yes food being in quotes because honestly it's just a day of snacking yeah from beginning to end which is not awful no it's great it's actually some would argue a healthier way to eat Yes, uh, if our listeners will refer to bits of episode 11, when we discuss different diets and nutrition, they'll remember that we did discuss uh, a diet. There's like There were two little interesting ones, one that I advocate for, which is uh, eating with uh, strategically placed snack times, and then there was one that was just like, basically you snack all day. Um, unfortunately, this is not the healthier kind of snacking. We're definitely going to get into, like, the things that make your taste buds happy. Not that healthy snacks can't make your taste buds happy. Nice save. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but fat tastes good! Fat tastes good, and most snacks are fatting. The question is, when did we start snacking as a culture? Um... I couldn't find a super definitive answer, but it looks like we really started stacking when people started working in factories and moved into the cities, which makes sense because that's around the time where we started having restaurants show up and like more prepared foods show up because you were waking up at three in the morning and you were working 18 hour shifts and you didn't have time to go home and eat and you needed something quick and easy and simple. Um, and sometimes you were really broke and all you could afford was just like a little something, but also children were in school now for those of them that were lucky enough to not have to work. Um, and they wanted little treats after school. Um, so definitely around the age of industrialization is when snacking first started to become super popular in snacking. That is to say in the way that we know it today, because I think having little bits of something between actual meals has been a thing since the dawn of ages you know look at any six course meals two of those courses are what we would consider a snack they're you know tiny um something just to put down a nice layer of carbs before you fill your stomach with wine um but definitely Uh, snacks as we know them started around the industrial age unfortunately they weren't super popular because uh most snacks were assorted with uh they were assorted with 
Nope, that is incorrect. This is gonna get this is gonna turn into a true crime podcast in a second. They were associated with uh, immigrants. Uh, they were thought to be unhygienic um, and uh, to be intemperate. And the reason for this is who was doing a lot of factory work, mostly immigrants. So it makes sense that immigrants were the people that wanted to. Uh, have readily available food that we're benefiting from it. Um, how is it unhygienic? Well, literally just life was unhygienic <laughs> at this time. And with raw sewage running in the street, I could understand how people didn't want to get roasted peanuts from the guy that was literally standing in the gutter. Yeah. Um, this is also around the time that um, prohibition is really ramping up. Um, and most bars and saloons served popular snack foods that they still honestly serve today, like pretzels, boiled peanuts, popcorn. And so a lot of people saw those popular snacks as like, oh, you're a lush. Like, you've picked up your love for peanuts at the saloon. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, but it really kept snacks from becoming popular. And again, it was still a time where people were going home. Um, for hour-long home-cooked lunches, you know, eating hot hot foods at every meal. So it's understandable how uh, it existed but wasn't super popular. And um, it did seem to revolve mostly around um, cities, honestly. Um, as we progress throughout history, uh, snacks did become more popular as... Uh, prepared foods became more popular. Um, pretzels have always been up there on the forefront. Um, they're one of the world's oldest snacks. And during Prohibition, they were kind of rebranded. So it went from being, oh, something carby and salty and easy to soak up my beer to being a refreshment instead of beer. Um, so it was just this whole huge uh, rebranding movement because a lot of the purveyors of pretzels depended on people eating them and drinking. So they really had to like come around to continue to make a livelihood um, and, uh, and still be with, with the times, the very dry times. Yeah. <laughs> um, so once we hit the 50s, uh, snacks just explode. Yeah. Um, packaging makes it uh, seem more hygienic, you know. Um, it's less likely that people are going to be worried about germs and food handling issues because everything is individually wrapped. Um, it's easier to advertise, so more and more people are making that their specific business because you can put your logo on the snack now. Everyone knows where to come to get uh, their specific pretzel or snack cake or cookie. So those things are like really uh, coming up. Uh, also, just new inventions and ways of cooking and preparing things are making uh, more snacks more popular. Chips becoming more popular because uh, better ways of frying them, better ways of packaging them, uh, longer freshness. Uh, Cracker Jack. Uh, the snack of Chicago, uh, 
I don't know if it's a snack of Chicago, but it was invented there. Uh, and that was one of the first snacks to uh, utilize a packaging within the packaging to really seal in that freshness, you know? Um, so, like most things in American life, things really picked up during the 50s. Now, before we get into the amazing, uh, I don't even know what to, the Olympics of snacking, I guess. <laughs> um, what constitutes a snack? Um, for myself, I just thought it was any, any time that you ate anything not a full-sized meal. But apparently it's a small service of food eaten between meals. Um, the food is usually designed to be portable. Uh, it's quick and satisfying and does not include a beverage, which is interesting because I would consider like a, a nice smoothie a snack. No. Uh, oh, apparently not. <laughs> apparently not. Um, so I wrote down just a couple of the most popular snacks. I just want to throw them at you uh, real quick. Uh, I can catch them. See, well, I was gonna say, see what your opinions are. Uh, peanuts. Peanuts. I think <sighs> peanuts are hard on their like again, like like you said with like the bar stacks about them just being dry. It's like these things are salty and made to absorb, and so like I think peanuts are great. And like, like, and these are also one of those sneaky ones that can really be healthy. It can also, like, be awful for you. Yeah. Because, like, if you're getting, like, just standard, like, raw peanuts, roasted peanuts, but even gross. roasted salted peanuts, like, those are all, in general, okay, most of them have, like, a tremendous amount of salt, but, like, if you get, like, the honey-roasted, like, planters, like, oh, you're yeah. basically eating candy. It's um, fantastic. But, like, I think, I think they're, qu they're quick, but, like, what I love about, like, when you look at, like, international snacking with, like, a lot of street food and stuff, like, mm -hmm. like, you can eat it and then you get a drink. I feel like with, like, peanuts, you, like, need to, like, eat a peanut, <laughs> take a drink, eat a peanut, because they're just so salty they're and they're so, so dry. Salty. And I think, like, if you, like, like, that's why, like, I'm a big trail mix fan, because you can have some, like, dried fruit in there and stuff to, like, really just, like, break it up. We eat very different trail mix. My trail mix is mostly candy. <laughs> All right, mostly candy. Um, popcorn. Popcorn is fantastic. I will eat a whole big bowl of it at a time. Um, again, I think it's something that, um, it's really easy to make at home, not in a package. Mm -hmm. Um, I think, like... It's so messy. Let's not, be honest. Not even. Cleaning up that oil after? Well, it, just use dish soap. That's what it's made for. <laughs> I don't. I don't know how to help you here. <laughs> but like, I think I think there's a lot of um, there's a, a lot of great new silicon bowls where literally you can buy kernels for next to nothing. You put in oil, you pop it, you put on salt, and it's great. And you've got movie night at home. Oh, this is an invention I hadn't thought of. I was popping popcorn like. On the open stove with boiling oil. Well, you, no, <laughs> that's dangerous. I mean, um, if you if you if you uh, if you're an avid Alton Brown follower, there is um, he prefers to do it in a standard steel kitchen bowl over kind of like a double boiler setup. Um, 
but yeah, there's these great silicon ones. You just throw them in the microwave, um, and you just sleep. You, you turn the microwave on, and then as soon as you hear it, like the popping slow down, you turn it off, and you have perfectly cooked popcorn. Huh. That sounds way more sustainable than single-use packaging. Yes. Um, chips. Chips are great. I mean, like, chip, like that's such a I big thing. I love good chips. Like, good chips are great, but, like... To be clear, these are American chips, not crisp. Uh, these are crisp, not, not fries. <laughs> yeah, um, I, like, I think I think chips are, are great. Um, I do not, like, this, this is one where I, like, never, like, attempt to look at a healthy version of a chip. Like, I don't uh, go for, like, baked chips or anything like that. Oh, the baked ones are good, though. No, it's not. like a different um, feel. I don't want it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, like, the only thing is, like, like, I'll go for is, like, I'll always, like, I'll, uh, like, again, like, because I'm, like, this annoying person where I'll always, like, check the ingredient list. And the fewer ingredients in my chips, the better. Like, if it's, like, corn, oil, salt, potatoes, oil, salt. But those salt. chips taste the best. I feel like yeah. when you start putting in, like, maledextrin and, yeah. and, like... They don't um, taste as good. But, like, I think, like, chips are, like, I mean, that's such a huge, like, category in itself because there's so many There's so chips. many. Like, and, like, I just, like, I think they're just such a great complement to so many things. Like, I'm just such a big sandwich guy, and you can't have a really good sandwich without chips. You need a, a good chip. A good, um, crisp, kettle-cooked yeah, chip. Yeah, so, like, between the texture and the saltiness and a lot of times just, like, really good flavor. Yeah. Um, and... So, and then, of course, there's always just, like, nacho cheese Doritos, which... Oh, man, yes. Go-to chip. Is that your go-to chip, the Doritos? No, my go-to chip is probably kettle-cooked potato chips. Ah, uh, yes. What flavor, though? Just sea salt. Maybe, maybe a salt and pepper. I like... love a sour cream and onion chip. I don't care about the brands. It's gotta be sour cream and onion. Ah, <laughs> uh, it's so good. I'm a, I'm, I'm boring. um chocolate it's kind of hard to define chocolate as a snack per se because again there are so many different kinds but so for our purposes we're gonna say like chocolate bars or like hershey kisses well like i love a good chocolate bar but what i where i where i would step this up to our like theme of today is Uh chocolate covered snacks not a fan not a fan it feels like too i actually realized I don't really like chocolate. <laughs> well, that's good. That's going to be a problem to start with. Me... So, but in my realization of this, because I've always been like, I don't like, I don't really like chocolate covered strawberries. I'd prefer to just have the strawberry or like have a chocolate sauce that I dip it into. Um, but I realized the core problem is I don't really like chocolate. And when it's a chocolate covered thing, it feels like a lot happening. Yeah. I would like, I love, I love just about anything chocolate I like I think I think sweet and salty is just like an unparalleled combination and like it also like breaks up like those snacks where like you take a pretzel like like a like a standard like Snyder's hard pretzel yeah and it's it'll give you that salt kick but it's hard and it's dry you coat it in chocolate and it's a whole other experience <laughs> and it's fantastic and then and then of course you can do chocolate covered fruit which is fantastic um it almost if, feels healthy at that point it almost feels healthy um <laughs> It's always the first things to go in the edible arrangement that shows up to your office. Oh, for sure. No um, one wants the little pineapples cut into flowers. Yeah. They want the chocolate-covered strawberries. I don't understand. Whoever invented honeydew melon is just wrong. It's disgusting. Uh, but as for chocolate bars, 
I just love crap in my chocolate bar. I love a good fruit nut bar. I okay. will say that. I love anything other than fruit in my chocolate bars. Cadbury fruit and nut bars. Because it's just dried cranberries and raisins. Well, I'm going to upset like a lot of your listeners by saying like I don't like Cadbury chocolate. <gasps> yeah, so there's that. Um, but like I love, I love stuff in anything but fruit in uh, the chocolate <laughs> bar. Because again, you get that sweet and salty. You get like, you can get like so many different textures That's in there. True. I love like a take five bar where you have like pretzels and too much happening and stuff um twix is great because you have like all those different things um and like i think like um making your own chocolate bars is really fun because you can throw stuff in there that like a lot of times you don't see in chocolate bars because like if you like throw in a dash of like coffee or something it really Uh, just like makes all the flavors like explode yes ah yes uh candy also super wide um, for our purposes, what would you say the best, like, party candy is? Because I feel like a lot of people's go-tos are, like, M&Ms or Skittles. And that's, you're just inviting people to put whole fistfuls of their dirty hands in a communal bowl when you do that. But I will say, for, if you do, like, an April Fool's, um, episode, best thing at a party is you mix Skittles and M&Ms in a bowl together and watch people freak out. It's great. Um... Ladies and gentlemen, my guest star, actual Satan. Um, no, it's fantastic. Um, but I don't, I'm not like a big fan of like candy for parties. Yeah, Um, I I feel like that's not the venue. If if, if it is like, I'll put a bowl of something out and then it would like be a mix to your point of wrapped things. Yeah. Which is like not the most. Starburst are great. Um, the, my big thing is. If I'm storing candy together, I never store, like, for an extended period of time. But, like, I always try to avoid storing fruit-flavored stuff with chocolate-flavored stuff. Because then you get, like, a weird, gross combination. the packaging. How? I don't know. Osmosis. But it's also, like, don't store, like, minty chocolate with chocolate that you want to not be minty. Minty Um, anything with anything that you don't want to be minty. But, yeah, I mean, like, definitely for, like parties if you're gonna serve unwrapped candy put out a spoon (laughs) pro tip don't (laughs) the trick is don't serve unwrapped candy at a party um snack cakes also super popular love a good snack cake hate twinkies though i'm not a fan i mean that it's okay to be wrong um, I love a Hostess cupcake, though. Twinkies are great. Anyone who has seen Zombieland or Die Hard loves Twinkies. Um, you can't love Twinkies just for their place in American history. Yes, you can. Anecdote. <laughs> Twinkies do have an expiration date. Oh, I'm aware. Um, uh, there was a, uh, a, a science teacher uh, in middle school that I had who every year, first day of school, he would hang a Twinkie up on a clothesline. We could go out and buy a fresh Twinkie and hang it. And so we had just had this clothesline of Twinkies. Um, and I think the first one showed mold at 21. Oh, they do mold. Yes. Okay. That's good. Um, That's heartening to know, actually. Yes. So 21 years. Okay. Uh, I believe we've, we've beat pretzels uh, to death. So we're going to leave them alone. But those are like the most popular snacks. Well, um, I mean, it's, it's, 
I know, I think you and I disagree here, where I'm not a fan of soft pretzels. I love soft pretzels, yeah, like, I but would... I don't think a soft pretzel is a snack. That's a meal. Okay, so we also disagree there. But like, I like, like, like <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll definitely go for like crispy, crunchy. But like soft pretzel, I'm good if I can like drown it in mustard. Oh but, yeah, um, it has to be dipped. It has to but, be dipped. Um, yeah, so like that is the. Um, few really quick fun facts about these snacks we've discussed, um, and then we're gonna jump right into the old football. Oh, no, I missed what a, I was going to say, I missed a great opportunity to say pigskin. Ah, oh, man. I'm losing it. Anyway. Sports um, is not your forte. It's not okay. my forte. They're good at other things. <laughs> Food, mainly. Um, the oldest snack that I could find was marshmallows, actually. Interesting. Uh, ancient Egyptians used to use them as a cough medicine, uh, but... Marshmallows, as we know them today, uh, were really modernized by the French in the 1940s. Um, right after marshmallows, we got, again, pretzels. They were developed in the 6th century by Italian monks as little treats for their patrons during church service. Um, they uh, were incredibly popular. Pretzel actually comes from the Latin root of the word uh something Latin, meaning little snack, uh, which was surprising, honestly. Why are they so sad? <laughs> it was during church. You can't have too much fun during church. Um, right after pretzel was popcorn, which was uh, developed roughly around 5,600 years ago by Native Americans, and it's thought that in order to make... Are you ready for this? Because this is honestly the most fun I've had. In order to make like ancient popcorn, yeah. you would probably take a corn cob, mm -hmm. a dried out corn cob, and just throw that bad boy in the fire. Yeah. Oh it man, it just, it just starts exploding. Yeah. Uh, it sounds like, I can't wait to do that. Can you that. imagine the first guy to figure that out where he just like... Oh yeah, he it. definitely was like, oh, this is too dried out. I was... Oh my gosh! What is happening? I... I I mean, honestly, that's my reaction right now, knowing that that is a thing that could happen. I would still be surprised. It are, I can't... I'm going to find a video of this happening and try and post it, because honestly, that seems amazing. Um, taking a quick break from food and getting into football, which is why we've all gathered here today. Sports, go sports. Um... Hopefully, you're listening to this on your commute to someone's house to sports and food. Um, but if you're not, and you're listening to it later, it's still fun. These are still fun facts. Um, football was developed ages ago, and that is it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, football is uh, descended from both rugby and soccer, which is also called Federation Football. Association Football. Uh, it's actually just called football everywhere but America. Um, Walter Camp is considered the father of American football, and he made some important changes uh, which hold today, such as introducing a line of scrimmage, Introducing the down and distance rules, uh, legalizing blocking, which uh, I didn't do too much research into it because I have to admit I didn't 
care enough. Well, I mean, like, but, un- unfortunately, like, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna actually like talk about sports, like he like made it a real game, and then every rule they've made since him pretty much just makes the game worse. Yeah, but <laughs> blocking is not illegal in rugby. I know nothing about soccer, so I can't speak to that. But I mean, blocking's le- illegal in rugby. Not really. No, it's, it's literally like it, it's you're not supposed to do it. Oh, I mean, there's there's there's. I guess that's an important distinction. <laughs> All right, then. I guess I'm wrong. And uh, most importantly, the forward pass. Uh, for those of you who are unaware of uh, rugby rules, you cannot pass forward. It will result in a scrum being called. Don't make your forwards angry. Don't pass the ball forward. Um, the first professional football game was played in 1892 when William Pudge Heffenfinger was paid $500 to play for the Allegheny. 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 There you go. <laughs> Allegheny Athletic Association in their game versus the Pittsburgh Athletic Club. Um from there, uh, the National Football Foundation, nope, the, <laughs> the American Professional Football Association was formed shortly uh, thereafter in 1920. Uh, they immediately changed their name to the National Football League. Uh, and it was mostly just a game played in the Midwest uh, among oiler towns and coal towns. Uh, it spread really to the rest of America from there. Um, the first televised game was in 1939, uh, but it wasn't until 1960 that we really, um, began to see competition like we know it today, uh, when the American Football League came into existence. Uh, it was kind of like the WWE and other wrestling organizations. I actually know a lot about wrestling. Um, there's always competition. So they showed up, they wanted competition, and they actually received such a large market share that the NFL approached them and they merged. Uh, they kept just the one name, the National Football League, but uh, as most of our listeners know, and if you don't know, now you know, uh that's why we have two divisions, the American League and the National League. I don't think those are the correct divisions based on the look that Alex is giving me, but that's why there are two sides in football. Anyway, when the two sides come together, uh, they play sports. Yes. <laughs> that culminates in a bowl. Um, bowls were popular before the Super Bowl. It was just like a thing uh, at the end of Every year, colleges in different leagues would get together and have one major championship game, so they kind of played off of that. The AFL and the NFL merged in 1966, and the first Super Bowl uh, game was played on January 15, 1967. And it's been um, a riot ever since. I believe this is Super Bowl 53, 52. What Super Bowl is this? I believe it's 52. Hey, Siri. What Super Bowl are you playing currently? <laughs> uh, probably should have looked that up. Also, like, I also, every year the Super Bowl reminds me that I don't know how to read Roman numerals, like, 
over 20. Uh, oh. Uh, it's 54. Super Bowl 54. Killing it. Uh, You're doing great. <laughs> anyway, is Beyonce playing? No, no, it's J Lo and Shakira. It's J Lo and Shakira, but this picture I just pulled up on Google just looks like Beyonce because apparently all super women pop stars have giant manes of blonde hair. So from a distance, they do all look alike. On occasion, yeah. In in this picture, I am not wrong. I'm not gonna post it on social media because that's not the kind of press I want to garner. But I'm not wrong. Let's get to the real reason we gathered here today, which was not sports, but food. Alex. Yes. Every year, you host a game of massive proportions in which your guests feast upon <laughs> the greatest of inventions, the snack stadium. Yes, the snack stadium. Tell us, please. We're dying to know. When did you begin planning for this year's snack stadium? So I started planning. So like... I started concept like the day after Super Bowl last year, Whew. but like, I, I actually I actually started working on it right after um, uh, New Year's Eve, um, just because one one part of the snacks stadium is I have to build the structure mm -hmm. every year. So those who don't know, snack stadium is it's pretty much just a large vessel for serving food mm -hmm. that looks like a football stadium. Ugh, so much better than a football stadium because instead of angry people, it's filled with deliciousness. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I actually, I, I started like breaking everything out, making my spreadsheets because I'm a spreadsheet person and I make just about everything from scratch. And so I need to be planning. I have to start making food two weeks out mm -hmm. um but that's just pickles and they need time to pickle um the amount of dedication just oozing from this man has made up really for all my blunders in the rest of this episode but um yeah so there's a lot of ways to build them everyone like builds them a little bit differently i like um i like cardboard like hardware boxes like you've uh -huh. probably seen them at like a mechanic or in a garage or something where they're like they're made to just like hold like screws and bolts um and stuff on large scale and so I get cardboard boxes like that and then I pretty much duct tape them all together I cut a couple up uh to make them into um the correct shapes that I need um and la last year was a big upgrade. We we went from a, a single decker um, stadium to a double decker stadium. It was, was very impressive was last year, and that will be continuing this year. Not going for triple decker yet. That's just too much food. Um, Is it? Though? It's just wasteful. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, yeah, and then once you build it, you have to fill it with food. What are your staples? Do you change it up every year? Um, do you have new things? Or is it like a mixture of both? Um, it's a mixture of both. So there are some staples. Um, even those can kind of come and go. I do I do have pigs in a blanket every year. Um, and you, I know that you've already said you make everything from scratch. But I'm still going to check in with you after every... 
thing comes up. Are these from scratch pigs in a blanket? So, I mean, kind of. That's This is like the one that isn't from just like straight raw ingredients because I, I, I don't have a sausage maker currently. So I can't make the the cocktail weenies, um, but I will be making um, puff pastry. We um, are ashamed. We're deeply disappointed. I'm making in everything you. else, man. But if only you butchered your own cow, yes, and ground out your own meat. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> um. But and then. And I, I, th I think there's just some staple party snacks that I always include. Um, so I always like to have, um, like, fresh veggies and fruit available. Um, like, even more just as just like a, a, like, party food tends to be heavy. And so, like, if you mm -hmm. have that light option to, like, give people, like, even, like, your, like, people who are like, I don't eat vegetables. Like, you'll often see them, like, sneak a carrot just as, like... <laughs> You they, need you need a palate cleanser. Yeah, um, um, fresh fruits and vegetables. Does, do those tend to be seasonal, or is it like the traditional, you know, baby carrots, uh, usually, celery? Yeah, I usually go for. Um, I don't like celery. Like, it's I don't like, gross. I don't. Well, it's not gross. I don't like celery raw, like as a snack. It's gross. But go on. Um, like I think it's great in a mirepoix. Um, I will occasionally uh, harken back to ants on a log, as we're talking about snacks. Um, but I like, so I'll usually do, I'll usually cut up carrots, red bell pepper, and cucumber, uh -huh. um, cause I think they're all just like, they're good favorites that everyone generally likes. Um, and then, um, for, um, fruit, I like to do grapes and strawberries just cause like, that's like, that's like the theme of parties like this where you've got a lot of people that you need to feed where it's just like. You want as many things to be single bite or two bite as possible. Also, those are nicely individually wrapped in their own uh, skin. Skins, gross. <laughs> uh, you started it. I know, but you don't have to worry about people fingling the melon. Is that do you do people say that in English? No, I don't. I don't know what you just said. Oh, made sorry. Me fingling is a possible word for manhandling. <laughs> <laughs> Noted. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's a thing that we say. No, I, I, I believe you. <laughs> um. uh, okay, so fresh fruits and veggies, ants on a log. I will not be serving ants on a log. Ants on a log. Not you heard it here. Ants on a log on Super Bowl <laughs> Sunday. Um, but, um, and then chips and dip. What kind of chips Always and dip? So, um... This year, um, so every year I make uh, homemade tortilla chips, um, which are super easy. Um, I think they're great for whenever you want to have just like a really easy, but everyone is impressed little note on mm -hmm. when you're hosting a party is you just buy a pack of tortillas, cut them up, spread a little bit of olive oil, lemon juice, or lime juice on them, throw them in an oven for like 10 minutes, and you have chips. Um, ah, beautiful. And folks, this recipe will be up on our brand new site. <laughs> Sorry, gotta plug that when I can. Um, and then I'm a, I'm a guacamole and salsa fan all the way. I love um, a good guac. I'm, I'm not a, mostly just because like I, uh, I was raised 
in a slightly less dairy household. Like I think like a spinach artichoke dip is great, but I'm not a ranch person in any form or fashion. And um, honestly, everything is so heavy. We could all stand to ease up on well, the dairy. Well, yeah, and I, I, I think if you if you like pay, are paying attention to your textures and stuff, you you can make a guacamole that's a little bit creamier, um, and you don't like you're not missing a, a, a cheesy dip. As but, Anthony Porowski says, if you put in a little bit of Greek yogurt, no, do not, do not. <laughs> it's delicious. Do no, it. Do, not, do it. It's fantastic. Just don't listen. I love Anthony, but just don't replicate any of his recipes. Um, <gasps> but um, shame. <laughs> but um, yeah, and then this year a new addition. Um, one that failed two years ago. I'm going to try again. Is I'm going to. Breadstick end zones. No, the, I will be making those, but I will be making potato chips. <gasps> this is this exciting. Um, we actually cut out the section on the history of the potato chip uh, in the interest of time. Uh, so a little bit about that will be up on the site along with Alex's recipe for home-cooked kettle chips. Oh, wow. This is um, amazing. Yeah, so those will, I'll also be doing that. Um, and just like a reminder, well, not a reminder because you didn't hear my first podcast because it, my, my first guest appearance because it disappeared. Because it crashed and burned, but, much like the turkey in the Santa Claus. But um, I make, I'm, I'm obnoxious and I make everything from scratch. And like, I think you see a lot of that. Um, in our very foodie, very food network oriented mm -hmm. culture now, and you never have to do that. You, like you can always just buy stuff. Like it's about spending time with friends and family, and like just like having a good time. And if like you're gonna be too stressed in the kitchen and like freaking out about stuff that like you don't know what to, how to make it and stuff, like that it's not worth it. Yes, this um, is excellent advice. And um, it's like, go and get, there's no shame in going and getting a 12-foot sub from Subway. I was going to say, I'm, uh, in the interest of uh, keeping at least some of those New Year's resolutions, uh, we'll throw up um, cost-effective alternatives for feeding a group uh, and still creating your own snack stadium if you do not want to do it from scratch. Um, one of the really easy things, though, is that f those fresh fruits and veggies, you know, yeah. that's super simple. Um, even if nothing else is, quote unquote, done from scratch, everyone's going to appreciate that, you know, you provided some fresh fruits and veggies and that you cut them up yourself. And I particularly like that you cut up your carrots because, ladies and gentlemen, baby carrots are just large carrots shaved down. <laughs> They're just wasteful carrots. And it's, and And because... Because that's the process, and they are, like, baby carrots, while they are a vegetable, and if you want to eat baby carrots, it's still a vegetable. Good on you for eating a vegetable. But um, they're more expensive because there's extra processing. They're yeah. Not, they're, like, they're, they're packaged not. in plastic. So if you, if one of your resolutions this year, or just in life, is to go um, more waste-free... Um, we'll definitely have all of the ways to make all of these delicious snack stadium snacks from scratch. Um, but again, as Alex mentioned, you know, this is about spending time with family and loved ones and enjoying 
two teams obliterate each other on the fields in way too much padding. Um, you know, and, and you shouldn't get caught up in the little details. I would, I would say yes. That's the most yeah. important part about hosting is remembering why you are hosting. Yeah, and like, like if like for me, it's it's all about prep. Like I, I've I've had a many. I, I can say these things because I've had a many party where I've been beyond stressed by the time the actual hosting duties comes around, come around and I don't enjoy the party and I've learned a lot. Um, and like so much of it is from, is, is prep. Um, and like, just like, like look at what you want to do, take some time with it. Um, because the time like, and like, it's, it, it is that whole like thing where we're all busy and I'll worry about it when it's time. But you take a little bit of time beforehand to figure out what you're doing and it's stuff you realize like if you have a bunch of hot stuff that you're making day of and you're serving fruits and veggies, I'm going to be cutting up my veggie sticks the night before. How many days in advance can you prep some of this stuff? Um, some stuff, um, like veggies, usually night before because they get a little slimy. Some great stuff. Um, this year I'll be making... Ketchup from scratch, salsa from scratch, um, mayo from scratch, mustard from scratch. All these things, they are actually, they, their taste just gets better with time because um, they marinate, the flavors get to know each other. Um, so you can make just about any condiment a week before and it will actually even taste better the day of. Sweet, sweet, sweet. Um, that does not go for guacamole. Guacamole should be one of the last things you make or else it will turn brown and gross. Yeah, um, no one wants gross brown guac. Yeah. But if you put enough lemon juice and tomatoes in that bad boy, it, you may get a little bit more shelf life out of it. And this is still not for a pre-prep advice. This is just to make it not brown through the duration of your Super Bowl. Yeah. Um... Uh, anything else you can make beforehand? Um, I mean, a lot of it comes down to what you are, um, making. I would say anything that's got, like, multiple components, like if you're doing, um, jalapeno poppers, pigs in a blanket, you can prep individual ingredients so that the day of all you have to do is put them together. Um, like, say, for, like, a jalapeno popper, you can have your jalapenos sliced, you can even have your cream cheese mixture all mixed up the day before so the day of all you have to do is slap the cream cheese in the jalapenos throw them in the oven and that goes from being an hour of work on the day of to being 20 minutes of work on the day of and you know how much i love less work yes <laughs> well i am starving <laughs> which usually happens after i've recorded an episode um Thank you, Alex. Thank you. For reprising your role. Yes. And um, we'll see you next time. Yeah.